0: Welcome to episode 14 of the Muck Podcast, where we discuss the dark and sometimes weird true stories in American politics. I'm Tina Jaramillo. And I'm Hillary Doherty. Hillary, how Hi. has the quarantine been going?
1: Shitty, um, like yes. probably for everybody else. <laughs> I, again, like I said last week, I work on my own at my office, and so I have my kids there, and they were sent home with two weeks of work, homework, so we've been doing the homework i'm trying to work and then i bring them home at lunchtime lunchtime was my only salvation during the day it was like i have this hour to myself and the house is quiet i can watch a show that says the f word every second like i could eat my soup and my cheese and crackers like it was like the best time of my day (laughs) and i could have my polar black cherry seltzer water that i now can't find anywhere (laughs) and so it's like horrible stupid non-problems but still a disruption in my life you know yes my
0: quarantine i've been doing i mean i i still do my morning runs which have been nice and then a lot of evening walks oh that's nice yeah but i had a freak out on my uh my walk the Uh-oh. other day because in my neighborhood there are still people that are renting out their homes as airbnbs oh my gosh and there's a house that's a few houses down from me it's not on my street but if you you know cross my street and then there it is on the corner so it's still relatively close to me and i noticed and i'm sorry new yorkers i love you all but i noticed these three vehicles from new york and people are taking all this stuff out oh, no. and i'm like what they're coming here from new york and things in new york are, are pretty dire yeah so and then they're coming to um south florida with you know we're the highest cases in south florida anyway but on the way so i passed them on my way um, starting the walk, and then I I, I came back and I, I went around. I passed them on the way back, and when I looked, I happened to just like glance over, and they had the windows open, and it was evening, so I could see in. And there's a lady in gloves, the mask, no. another person in a mask, and I was like, Oh my god, what's happening in this house? Oh my They're, god, they, do they have the corona Are they freaking out about Corona? Yeah. You know
1: what's gonna happen? But I it's freaked like, out. I freaked neighbors out are gonna I was start like, turning what's on neighbors. Happening? Yeah, neighbors will start turning on neighbors. They'll start walking down the street with a mask. Oh and my. God. Be like,
0: like what oh my god they sneezed like, well, it's gonna be a mayhem there is a person in my neighborhood who does walk with the mask every day yeah and um but when i saw them like i kind of made this like face like oh, and they all froze and then i froze and it was just <laughs> weird like two seconds of us looking yes. at each other like what is going on <laughs>
1: Well, I've. It was when so I've, When I've gone to the grocery store, I've seen people with the masks, and I appreciate it. I'm like, all right, I get it, you know? Although, like two weeks ago or three weeks ago, we would have thought that that person was overreacting. And now it's yes. like, that's the smartest person in the room, you yeah. know? Yeah.
0: Well, I was reading, though, about some of the masks and that wearing, if the mask isn't the proper mask, yes, that right. it's actually worse. Right. Um, because you can still
1: let everything out. Yeah. Or, like or well, it's trapping the air
0: in on the outside like all those parts so when you're removing it with your hands like you've essentially trapped everything on that mask oh. and now you're touching the mask oh. and you're putting a new mask on oh God. so that it, it could actually not be good right so I think people need to do a little research on that all right so are you ready I'm ready okay I'm excited to tell this story and I got this story from one of my most favorite people in the entire world, my friend Margaret from Vermont. And um, I just, I love her so much. And we've been friends for a long time. And she had listened to one of our podcasts and she's like, this reminds me of something that was going on in Vermont. And she shared it with me. So I wanted to just point out a couple of journalists and Alan J. Keys of the Vermont Digger and um, the Washington Post, Vermont State, um, they're actually like their government site. I got some case files from there. Vermont General Assembly, Newser, CNN, um, a ton. I know I always have like 30 sources. Um, so just please check our, um, our blog, uh, page for that information. But, uh, there was another, uh, WCAX had some great information and the Burlington Free Press as well as the New York Times. So, Um, Let me begin by telling you this story. I'm getting to the top of my page of former Vermont House Representative Kia Morris. Do you know this story? No, I don't. All right. So Kia Morris was elected to the Vermont House of Representatives in 2014 and she became uh, Vermont's at the time only of black female representative. She was one of two persons of color at uh, the time, um, elected, and she was reelected in 2016. In 2008, however, she chose not to seek reelection, and then she resigns her position. And all of this is through no fault of her own, as we will see.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: Yes, it's a really interesting and sad tale. So our story takes place in Bennington, Vermont, and Bennington County is the oldest county in the state. It has a population of about 37,000 people, and it's pretty white. It's about 96% of the population is white. And most of Vermont is a really, really white state. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's it's just wild because we live in South Florida, and even though there are so many things that I hate about being in South Florida, the one thing I love about South Florida is the diversity. Yes, And I... Like, it's just so wonderful that yes. I, I don't, I wouldn't like to be in a place that was just all white. Like, it just seems.
1: Yeah. And I wouldn't want to raise my kids there no. either like that. It
0: seems so Wonder Bread,
1: Yes. You know?
0: Yeah. No, I hear you. I hear so, you. So, um, Wonder Bread White. So anyway, um, I feel like when people think, at least when I think about Vermont, I think of Bernie. Yes. I think of a lot of snow. Yeah, And I think of like crunchy granola folks, you yeah. know, like that's <laughs> yes. what I think about. Yeah. But despite that image, there really are some undercurrents of racism there, Ugh. as well as throughout the nation. Well, I mean, when you get a bunch of white people together.
1: Yeah. Anti-blackness.
0: Yeah. And I'm going to editorialize a bit here, but I feel like at the end of the day with this story that Bennington should have done a lot more to protect one of the few persons of color in the legislative branch. And um, I don't think that elected officials should have to resign due to issues of race. Mm. Um, And that's, as we'll see, um, happens in this particular case. And I feel like we've covered like all these corrupt politicians, right? And they get reelected and they're around forever. And then you have someone who's a great politician who has to resign a position because of of issues. Um, So... Um, let's go. Okay. All right. So in 2018, <laughs> after years of harassment and threats from a self-proclaimed white nationalist, oh. this guy, Max Mischk and others, she ends up resigning her position. Oh, and it was sort of this relentless attack on her and no one was able to protect her. And the other thing that I feel like her resignation, the the message that it sends um and, and she's, you know, right to resign because she wants to protect herself and her family and, and the exhaustion yes. of having to deal with this on a yes. daily basis is not her fault at all. But when 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 elected officials like her are not protected, then it sends a message I feel to these xenophobic bigots yeah. that what they're doing works. Right. And it, it just it pisses me off. Yeah. So before I give into the details about um Mish's alleged uh, modes of harassment, I wanna give you a little bit of background on Morris and her work in Vermont. So prior to her role as representative, she worked for nonprofits, she worked in various management positions, uh, she worked in sexual assault and domestic violence advocacy, and she brought all of that experience with her to the legislature. And in addition, she served on a slew of caucuses ranging from environmental, like dealing with issues of climate change, children's services, education, racial justice, and more. Like she's a really incredible woman and all the work that she does. And some of the bills that stood out to me that she worked on in her time in office, she, along with some other reps, introduced a bill to prohibit a person subject to a relief from abuse order from possessing a firearm or deadly weapon. Uh, while the order is in effect, so protecting um, victims of domestic abuse. She co-sponsored a bill to reunite uh, separated families at the border. She co-sponsored a bill of rights for the homeless and making sure that they are protected. She voted in favor of restricting firearms in Vermont, and that passed in 2018, where they um, stopped the sale of those high-capacity weapons and making it illegal to own those type of Mm -hmm. weapons. And Morris did say that um, that along with some other stuff led to even more online harassment for her, especially in that state, there's a lot of hunters and like, right. it's just the lifestyle is a little bit different because of where they are and, um, the, the climate and the area. And so there are people there that love their guns. And, and I understand if you want to go hunt, I really don't, I don't like <laughs> hunting as a sport, but I get if People want to go hunt, but there's a difference when you have your shotgun to go hunt a deer versus Um, a a gun that has uh, high capacity magazines in it yes you know so i think
1: and i think that i mean the gun issue is so interesting to me but i think that i mean i get what she was doing i just think there's a way we can come to the table on guns i really really do i don't know i'm starting to change not the way i don't feel like we should ban all these weapons i just feel like there's got to be a way we can come to the table and discuss like a national registry you know you should if you're about protecting your home and your family or you want to hunt there's no reason why and i think most gun owners really feel this way that they would join a national registry right if but there's got... also people who are all the way far to one side who are like the government shouldn't know what i have in my house because they're going to come when when, yeah. the, when the anarchy happens and government right. starts turning on us yes they don't need to know where my guns yeah. are when it's martial I law
0: yeah. i have my stock it's, so it's, cr- like it's there's, crazy there's
1: a way to, that we have to meet in the middle at some point yeah i mean i'm i'm
0: I'm not a fan of. of I'm not guns. either. I don't have them in my
1: house. Um, I'm not. I'm not a big fan. But, but there's got to be a there's there, got to be a place to meet yes. on this. I think. And
0: I feel like banning, yeah, guns that have uh, high capacity magazines. Yes, of course. Like there should be no military grade weapons. That's my opinion. Uh-huh. And I feel like, you know, if if you want to use a military grade weapon, go join the military and use the weapons there. But mm-hmm. they don't need to be in the homes or on the streets but that's my opinion. (laughs) So what does Mish uh, do? Max Mish, um, and Morris's attempts to get help. So I want to talk a little bit about that. So after Morris wins her 2016 re-election bid, so she was elected in 2014, things were sort of fine for the first couple of years and things didn't start to get, um, out of control or really, um, this, this, uh, these attacks on her and harassment didn't really start to begin until her 2016 re-election bid when she wins that. Okay. So when she wins it, uh, Max Mishk uh, tweets a mocking caricature of a person of color meant to be Morris with the caption, and I don't even want to read it because it's just derisive and um, um, insulting. But but she, uh, under the caption, it says, uh, "I be represent, I be representin' dem white motherfuckers. Ugh. right and it's an obvious derisive attempt to imitate black vernacular it's an attempt to discredit her and just be offensive it's and
1: not even funny it's not even funny it's nothing it's not even it's, a, it's not even it's funny. stupid it's stupid but that's what usually when things like this happen they go oh it's a joke can't you take a joke yeah. well bro it's not even fucking funny yeah like if you're gonna where's make the a joke? joke yeah what's the joke yeah and, and well, it's got to be something we're all can uh, be in on and i don't mean white people i mean everybody <laughs> correct <laughs> correct
0: So um, in December of that year, Morris seeks a one year stalking order against Mish regarding the online and in real life harassment. The guy does not leave her alone and he sort of sparks other people. So she's just constantly getting like these tweets and these uh, all of the time. So Mish explains to the judge that his trolling is protected under the First Amendment. And Morris then highlights the tweets and an incident at a 2016 Election Day event where Mish allegedly showed up where she was like campaigning and just stood there staring at her. And she said that she felt like it was in a threatening way. And of course, like I would feel very uncomfortable if someone who had been writing horrible things about me online suddenly showed up to a public event and just stood and stared at me. Yeah, I, I would I would take that as a threat
1: as women we know what that feels yes. like yes
0: so the judge grants the order one year but as soon as it's lifted mish returns to his online trolling oh my god yes i mean that to me it's like you're obsessed guy like he is leave it alone like you waited one year and like as soon as it's lifted you go right back to it but, like it, it's it's he's a bully it's frightening to me So in fact, he tweets, every time you attend a political rally at the Four Corners intersection or another local venue and I'm aware of the event, I will troll the hell out of you and the other subversives there. Maybe I'll bring a friend or three with me too. So I don't know about you, but to me, that sounds like a threat. That sounds like I'm going to bring people. I'm going to show up. I'm going to troll you. I'm going to harass you. And this is, and we talked about this um, when we did the episode on um, the the mayor who yes. was attacked by um, a member of the community. Yes. And the idea of how do we protect our elected officials? Right. Where Where do we draw the line between trolling, freedom of speech, and harassment that's threatening?
1: So... Well, oh, and let's not forget about Gabby Giffords. I mean, you know, we're not talking about it's unheard of that an elected official has been shot and people around her were murdered at a, a campaign stop. Yes. I mean, it's not like it's something that's never been heard of. Yes. I mean, there, there has to be more. So in 2016,
0: Morris's house was broken into <gasps> and it's it was an odd burglary. So it was her basement and her husband had a box of ties and the ties were taken and they were strewn all over the cemetery that's like very close to where they live like they could walk and there's the cemetery okay which is i, I don't know like that to me is just one it's a violation of your privacy it's it's to me another threat right that like we can get in your house we of course right and then yes. we're putting the ties in the cemetery like what is i, I don't know i would be very upset and uncomfortable Mm-hmm. In addition, there were racist handouts that were slipped under the door of the Bennington Democratic Party's office. But none of those incidents could be tied directly back to Mish or like his people. So
1: it's like we're escalating, though. I mean, you know, we're
0: getting to the point
1: where it's going to get worse. I mean, that's, you know, Jesus.
0: Yes. Um, Their car was burglarized. Oh. But no one was found, um, no one was charged, and the cops tied that to other recent car burglaries that were in the area.
1: Are the cops helping at all?
0: So, the the Bennington Police Department did kind of go under fire, and I'll get into that a little bit. Okay. So, they reported banging and knocking on their doors and windows. Cops later found several kids who claimed it was like a ding-dong dash. And, again, nothing tied to Mishk. So. You know i can see it i guess from both points of view of where she's getting all of this online trolling and then there's these strange little incidents happening that that you would tie it together right Right. like i'm getting harassed online people are showing up where i am live these weird things are happening at my home it would make me feel very targeted right and then i can see it i guess i guess from the cop's perspective of oh there's been a string of burglaries in this neighborhood like it was probably that oh there are these seven kids were ding dong dashing all through the neighborhood and it was one of your houses and they were like 12 and 13 years old and they're like we don't know who she is the so hell of a
1: coincidence
0: but it's a coincidence the fact that she's getting you know, all this at one time all at one time like on. happening over you know this period of time so um according to an augusta anthony's uh report from cnn morris's husband spoke at a January 2019 press conference, and this is after um, the case is investigated, but he was there, and he was there alongside his wife, and he shared additional examples of harassment. He noted some of the things that people were saying, um, quote, the only place you're gonna be safe is Africa, quote, (gasps) Tina, thanks for resigning, now please move out of my state, quote, whites will be ready for the war. Again, to me, those feel like threatening statements the first one especially so how does all of this end allegedly mish was the culprit of all of this right but of course he denies everything he continues to say that his tweets were meant to cause morris discomfort he said that in court um, and that it was a joke and he claims that he's just a troll but the attorney general of vermont did say that there was the potential for the following charges to be made against him and the charges the first one that could have been Um, Put forward disturbing the peace by use of telephone or other electronic communications, which violates, you know, a particular code in their law, criminal threatening um, and a stalking uh, violation. But in the end, no charges are filed. Oh, my gosh! Not one charge against this guy. So according to a Vermont Digger article, the Vermont attorney general says that there were no crimes committed despite the racially charged rhetoric. The head of the Attorney General's Civil Rights Division, Julio Thompson, noted, quote, In order to have a prosecutable threat, you have to have something that is itself a threat. That would be an expression of a serious intent to harm someone. Calling someone a name or making fun of their race or disparaging it isn't threatening behavior.
1: Mm.
0: So again, yes, it
1: depends on who's uh, receiving the threat. <laughs> yes.
0: So again, like when does offensive language become criminal behavior. And so I I looked up like hate speech and what is it under the law, like in the U.S.? How is that used? Is it a means of a a criminal penalty? And it's not regulated because of the First Amendment, right? Because of our freedom of speech and because of how broad that First Amendment is, the U.S. Supreme Court has repeatedly ruled that hate speech is legally protected. And unless, unless, there's that threat but going back to that one example of the only place you're going to be safe is africa to meet that's a threat that's threatening their safety
1: right right it sounds like it
0: and um but maybe
1: you have to be very specific
0: yeah you i know mean, i right? am going
1: to do xyz yes. to you unless you go back to africa right right
0: I guess, but to me like you're
1: not going to be safe meaning like no, yeah. I'm going to cause you harm. Listen, if I received a threat like that, I'd be scared out of my yes, mind. Yes, of course. For myself and for my family. Yes.
0: So, this whole thing just stressed me out. So, aftermath of all of this, the attorney's the attorney general's office looked at the evidence that came from the Bennington Police Department. But the Bennington Police Department has since come under scrutiny following this case that maybe they were aware of certain things and they didn't maybe disclose everything. Um, So for example, in one email exchange from the police chief, he writes Kia Morris continues with her media interviews and seems to be profiting for her quote story. (gasps) A local resident contacted me today and advised and advised her GoFundMe account has received over $7,700. So There is this idea that perhaps the police thought that she was blowing up these threats and that she started this GoFundMe like after she resigned. But when she resigned, her husband had just had open heart surgery, wasn't working. She's resigning a position out of threat, a position that wasn't paying very much at all. I think it was like $13,000. It was a very um, low amount of money. And she even commented at one time, that like, you needed to be a person who had money, financial stability, or, or be retired in order to hold office because there's no pay there for these public officials. So she took it to help Bill's. Uh, paid bills while her husband was out of work. And as soon as she got a full time job, she stopped the GoFundMe page. So it wasn't like she's there trying to milk all this money. She was in a situation where she had to resign. She had a child at home. Her husband just had surgery, wasn't working, and she needed help. And if people in the community or her friends and her family want to contribute to that, like, why do you care?
1: you know what i mean well you know police Ugh. officers have to be trained especially in states like that 90 percent white over 90 percent white they have to be trained on what it's like to experience these things as someone who's black because then you yes. don't take things seriously because your point of view is from, as a white person i'm assuming just an right. assumption which i know we're not supposed to do let's assume the cop is white the guy who yes. wrote this right like Your point of view, bro, is from a white dude in America. In a state, there's not a lot of black people. Yes. So you're now. Yeah, it's like one point something percent. Yeah. And now you're making these assumptions about what she's doing from your point of view. Correct. You know what I mean? And you don't even. And that's why they don't take her seriously. Yes. Why would she feel unsafe? Well, it's just a couple of words. But as a black woman. Of course. In a state legislature, receiving these kinds of threats in a state where she is far the minority
0: yes you know i mean come on it's 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 wild it's wild and another um as i was doing my research one of the things i did see that there were some um conversations about the bennington police department in general and that with the the number right when you have 96 percent of people who are white the people getting pulled over and things like that were still majority oh my god so (laughs) clearly clearly bennington police department needs some Some training.
1: I mean, they're searching high and low.
0: So, just saying. So, during um, that same 2019 press conference where um, Morris's husband spoke and she spoke, um, she was addressing the Attorney General's findings. And she, I mean, she's so wonderful. Like, really, you need to... Look, go uh, see some of these videos. I have some of the links, but she speaks and she says from the beginning, she's like, you know, I knew from the beginning that this investigation may go nowhere, that there may not be enough evidence. Like, I understand that. And then in this video, you see her talking and then she stops.
1: Oh, no. He walked in. He walked in.
0: (gasps) Like, she just stops and stairs for us it's like this this little moment oh i gotta go watch this and then the attorney general comes in and, and kind of he moves her to the back and he shows up wearing a pepe the frog <gasps> shirt Ugh. right yeah he shows up and then you hear people in the background like no like you know leave and someone's like he has a right to be here like anyone else like when we still have to listen to all views and it's like he's wearing a pepe the frog shirt yeah there's no you don't have to listen to his views kick him out so there he is, right? He's disrupting things again. And again, this is,
1: this shows, like, the guy's I mean, obsessed. Can I, can I ask you? Let me, <laughs> this is what I hear when I hear this kind of shit, okay? Who's not fucking this guy? Uh, you know what? You I was going to say. You wait, need wait, to, wait to find to I mean, something else to do. I need to I show know you're you. sad. I know you're lonely. But go find someone to keep your time because yeah. you're obviously uh, got too much time on your hands. And well, you're angry as fuck because no one's looking for you yeah no, well no well, woman no man is looking for you you're a fucking piece of yes. shit angry white motherfucker
0: yes Fuck who off. wears a lot of hats because sorry guys who are losing their hair but wears a lot of hats
1: he's very angry about and he's life.
0: insecure that i'm sorry i'm this i am editorial, I'm, a, I'm. i'm making assumptions about this guy but also the thing that i found out through my research um there was one article that noted like he had put his hands like around his ex-wife's neck so he's also abusive
1: well he's very so i would say don't go find no. someone
0: because this is not but he's no one very should be with angry this guy.
1: about life and so what happens is these guys that are like this in real life yeah before the internet they would like get mad at somebody at mcdonald's and yell at them and throw their food out or the food at right. them. So like now they're on the internet and they have this invisible power yeah to mock someone make fun of them it and then other people who are trolls like them yes. across the world encourage them and so now they have this horrible power in their tiny lives that they never had before and they're harassing somebody who actually wants to make a difference yes. in your fucking and state. she's
0: doing incredible she did incredible she's still doing incredible things i'm gonna get to that but but this idea of trolling i really you know there needs to be I, I understand freedom of speech, and I would never strip that that's our first amendment, freedom of speech, freedom of assembly, freedom of press. right? Those are things that we need yeah, no, they
1: have to be protected and, and they I have understand to be protected. Protecting-
0: but when you have someone who is clearly harassing someone, he has shown up to this press conference to to disrupt it, to make her uncomfortable. He even said that he does it to make her feel uncomfortable when he was in court, like he he, he knows what he's doing. And that's the intent. That is his purpose. And it's so ugly. It's so ugly. Mm. So, to me, um, her experience exposed deficiencies uh, in how racial slurs, hate speech, trolling can impact the legislative offices of states like Vermont and really, you know, even other states, but states like Vermont that are par- primarily white um, and you know, highlighting issues of racial justice statewide. And again, bringing up what protections should be in place for our elected officials in the digital era, you know, that they're, you know, that they found out where she lived, you know, that that things were happening at her home where her child is.
1: No, it's unacceptable. It's
0: unacceptable to me. So in, uh, there was an article by an Aloe McCollum for the Burlington Free Press. Morris states in reference to the trolling, quote, that is a deliberate tactic to dance on that line between saying, I will come and punch you in the face to I'm just sort of going to make you fear that something might happen should I see you, you know, and that's the thing. It's that it's that little gray area. And that's so scary. Yeah. The uncertainty. The uncertainty of, of the direct
1: well, and I don't intense yeah.
0: point of violence versus yeah. I'm going to make you think I'm going to be violent.
1: Well, and that can be even scarier than actually being physically assaulted is this fear living in fear. Yes. The psychological yeah, impact of that. That could be even scarier. I mean, that she
0: resigned.
1: Yeah, no. Because
0: she said, I'm not going to seek a reelection bid, I don't, but, then I, she, no, but then she, but then she resigned. She didn't even finish out her
1: term. And here's the thing. Good for her. I know that was probably a heartbreaking decision for her. Because she wanted to represent the people. They had elected her. I completely understand where she's coming. Like, I would want to finish my term. But good for you. You made the right decision to protect yourself and to protect your family. Yes. There's nothing wrong with going, you know what i'm yeah. done especially in a state when that's not does, protecting you that's right especially <laughs> when no one around you who could be helping you is fucking helping you so honey you step down thank you for your work this is fucking garbage yes it's it's horrible it sucks. i
0: know it's it's terrible so the action network has a petition uh with women's march vermont oh, uh nice. yeah calling on the state attorney general um uh, the state attorney and bennington chief of police to police to take action on the alleged stalking and harassment perpetrated by max mishk and people can sign the petition i think it's still a live uh, petition um so i have that link um vermont so some of the sort of aftermath things vermont put forward a new incident bias reporting system because they want to try to bring awareness to racial bias which I think is great. The ACLU and I believe it was the NAACP wanted to do bias training with elected officials, but the elected officials were like, "Can you just do this for free?" And they're like, "You're going to devalue our work. Like we're going to put this thing together, but we can't. Sh-. You know, like listen, we're in a world people have to be paid for their time." And so it didn't go forward with that training. But um, they did put this incident bias reporting system. But according to a Vermont public radio report by Peter Hirschfeld, some racial justice leaders say it's lacking. And um, a Curtis Reed of Partnership for Fairness and Diversity says, to create yet another mechanism for reporting bias doesn't change the underlying conditions where bias begins to manifest itself. Right. Like We need... Like we need to get people to understand what this is and like really train people and I train police officers like you said, train elected officials this is
1: it's you a know very and all difficult those thing to do public. It yes
0: uh, offices need to be yes. trained on this
1: because the bias is inherent it's something that you've had your entire life that you're not even aware of right and so you have to be taught it's going to be really really uncomfortable yes. to have those conversations and to hear and to unlearn what your bias is but you have to do it especially if you're protecting the community and you know elected to represent an entire state you have to be able to recognize those biases Otherwise, you're only protecting yourself and white people. Yes. What the fuck? I know. Then get out. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: after finding out, like I said, that the police department may have known about other incidents and were aware of some other potential bad things dealing with this Max Misch, uh the attorney general does call on. Uh, call for a third-party investigation of the situation so all i've found so far is that in september of 2019 a four-month study was beginning into the police department's policies but uh september october november december january here we are and then it's like <laughs> covid19 so Nothing. the finding they haven't been released yet so i don't know where that is um, but maybe we can update that or something on our instagram once we know but um they're supposedly being investigated and looking not just at morris's case but at some other incidents in that department which i thought was good i was glad to see that the attorney general came out and said okay we we need to now that this other stuff kind of got leaked out we need to see what's going on in that police department and there should always be oversight yes you know in all areas that deal with public interest so what does morris do after her resignation does she go gentle into that good night I don't think so. No. Okay, good. So she now works, and I have a link to her website, and she's just incredible. She works as a consultant and a public speaker on topics of diversity, equity, and inclusion, and where she'll go and, and give speeches and seminars and different cool. things, which is amazing. She recently... um they noted were uh supporting a campaign to help union workers. She's met with victims of domestic and sexual abuse. She's still working to advocate for change and working with community leaders to help bring attention to and eradicate the racial biases that may be causing harm to the communities in Vermont. So she's just yeah, like amazing. She's yeah, amazing and, it's a, it's, and And it goes I'm just in awe of the work that she's doing.
1: She's amazing and it just goes to show like you do not have to be elected to be a uh, powerful in your community and make right. change, change maker community. you don't have yeah. to be elected to do that so good for her
0: yes i was like you know because sometimes uh people can allow things to destroy them or or allow things to make them stronger and she is still a presence in the community and that made me really really happy to see
1: and so since she's left she's been left alone like they um, haven't bothered her or that you know? part
0: that part i don't know i mean I'd she might yeah okay. She may have like stopped doing Twitter or that part. I don't know about yeah, like her online, her online, her online presence, of it, yeah. you know. So um, let's talk about Max Mishk. So he was arrested in February of 2019 for possessing an illegal high capacity ammunition device that were banned in Vermont the previous year. So remember, she was part yes. of that bill that banned that. And his ex-wife confessed to a therapist that she was afraid of her ex and his stockpiling of weapons and his racist rhetoric. The therapist and his ex then reported to the police. And according to an article by Lisa Rathke uh, in the Burlington Free Press, uh, the affidavit by his wife noted that Mishk quote, had a predatory nature and tries to intimidate people physically and through the Internet. I mean, this guy Mm. is a horrible human being. He is danger to me. This is like the cocktail of a really dangerous situation yeah. being being that, brewing. It's that it's, it's that, brewing.
1: It's that toxic masculinity. It's oh that my part. God. It's that part of being a man where you feel less than. So now we have to over compensate yes with, with with anger and violence anger, and... violence weapons yes
0: uh, uh, racism yes oh it's all i have together to, it's how so do scary lift, to me
1: how do i lift myself up to make other people feel small like it's this weird mm. thing that 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 happens Ugh. with some men you know it's really bad it's, it's and honestly what 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 brings down civilizations right <laughs> that's what i happens, mean you know
0: So, while out waiting for the resolution of his case, Mishk was not to leave the state lines nor purchase any weapons. Uh, What does he
1: do? Oh, please, honey. He purchases a
0: weapon, violating the terms of his original release.
1: Can't stop me from my Second Amendment. And guess
0: what? Guess what? Do they put him in jail for breaking that? No. Do they make him, does the judge even make him pay (laughs) some sort of monetary fine or bond? Nope. Nope. In fact, he shows up I'm going to show you how he showed up to court in front of a judge strapped and the judge releases him with no bond. And he's wearing this shirt.
1: Oh, I was going to say, I love those pictures of people like when they're all strapped up and and, and, at Walmart. and it's
0: blurred out. Cause we're going to put it on our Insta, but it's,
1: Oh my God. He's got
0: a, an F gun control shirt on just blade with huge you know, guns on the side.
1: When I see and, guys that look like this, I've seen guys like this at Publix recently. I saw a guy on Friday night at Publix and he had um, it. I mean, I don't even have to talk to them and they frighten me. Yeah. They frighten me.
0: I have to say there were, uh, there's another picture. This was him from court and there was another one. Um, because. That d- just just highlighted his face and the the, the anger in yes. his face. Well, that's what, I mean, it's Tina, that's
1: what the shirt is. It yeah. is, the shirt is saying it's inviting someone to go ugh about the shirt or roll their eyes, so he can pivot to them and attack them verbally or yeah. follow them home and scare the fuck out of them. Yes. Like he is looking for a fight. I listen, but who goes to court? Who goes to court? because on a gun charge with the shirt on he's very angry but like don't what i would advise to everybody around me and i know that we have bad there are plenty of bad days when i see shirts like that and i want to be like hey motherfucker right like i'm so mad but the fact of the matter is it's not worth it this guy's looking for a fight he's looking for someone to come and say something to him yeah it's not worth it no because he's bored like find a hobby bro oh my
0: god it's yeah go do something go, take golf. go or whittle go whittle some wood in the backyard yeah. you're in vermont
1: meditate <laughs> do
0: take something. a deep breath <laughs> there's so many other things that you could be doing with your time
1: and i'm not anti-gun i'm not anti-gun yeah, yeah. it's not for me for my house i'm all okay we got the second amendment i'm good i'm saying you don't have to be like this in people's yeah. faces. Oh like my people God, it's aren't so trying extreme. to come at you like that, bro.
0: So, of course, he, he, he nothing happens, right? And granted, he did not leave the store with the gun, right? Like he purchased the gun. He left it at the gun store. And when my case clears up, I'll come back and pick up the gun. But still, why does he get to do what he wants? Why does he feel that the rules don't apply to him? It, it's He wants to run his mouth. He wants to show up to court with his shirt. But but then he's gonna point fingers and call everybody else out. It's it's bonkers. So, during that arraignment, there was a Sean Pratt, who um, is a person of color, who's been facing some harassment from Mishk, and he was escorted out of court for yelling, quote, he's violent and he should be locked up, but you keep letting him walk out of here. Meanwhile, Mishk, as Mishk is exiting the court, yeah, and he's like fuck you to the guy, and so this is Pratt in court yelling at the judge, and not only that, but Pratt is talking about he says that his nephew was held on a charge, and held in jail, of and course. he's like, I don't understand why does he get to go? My nephew, I, and he starts talking about the disparity, and 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 he's right. Like, why does m- this guy who, who this is after being, uh, he, after everyone knows that he is a self-proclaimed white nationalist, that he's been harassing an elected official, that he has high capacity magazines, that he violates the, the, the order, and they still let him go, this guy. I, I don't understand why why he is permitted
1: this and who the judge was that didn't hold to- had- make him toe the line a little more. Well, because... You know, the law is what it is. And if they can't prove anything, you know, t- but listen to me very carefully. It's a matter of time. Yeah. This guy will slip up and he'll do something bad and there's no, there will be no other way to turn and he will be put in jail. This it's a matter. He's very yeah. upset and he's very angry. I'm a little concerned doing this story to be honest with you. I don't want him fucking coming here. Uh, I think we're so far enough away. I think want... we're far enough away.
0: So later on mish gets busted again for crossing state lines violating again the the order but someone and it was really it was he was barely over the state line but still he was in this bar but someone videotapes him and he's heard spouting a bunch of racist (gasps) rhetoric no surprise there and um I, i don't know you know um I, I just I just don't get it. And I, I've quoted this a quote recently. But I feel like saying to this guy, take a look in the mirror, right? You weren't born today as clean as God's fingers, Mitch, mm. you know, like, uh, uh, no one is is pure and amazing. So stop judging the world and being horrible. this egomaniac. So um In July 2019, so what happened with that gun charge is that Mish fought it saying, you know, it's a violation of my Second Amendment rights. Right. And that really put the challenge to that 2018 law to the test of banning those high-capacity magazines and and weapons with those magazines. And um, he loses the challenge against that charge. Wow. Yeah. So I was really happy to see that. And that allows the criminal charges against him to move forward. So he I mean he he pushed it as far as he could saying that my rights were violated second amendment um but he loses that challenge so that was a good thing to know and the other thing um that when I was researching I was uh, and this is through the BBC and so they have a UK perspective that differs from ours in the US but they talked about this case and free speech protections um regarding politicians and it, it talked about the differences, say, between an employer using a racial slur versus someone online using a racial slur, right? That employer could get in trouble. That's discrimination. That's, you know, tied into those laws. But anyone online, there's no, there's no binding, right? There's no right. position of power. It's everyone's sort of on an equal playing field there, right? In, in the digital space. So... Um, When they talked about the politicians, they said that politicians like Morris, who face these kinds of things um, have to deal more um, with these kinds of incidents because of their position. Like when you decide I'm going to go into office, I'm going to be a public official, then you're recognizing that all of the things that are going to come with it and all of the negativity and all of the positive, right? That there's going to be people that are going to come at you and there's going to be people that are going to support and celebrate you. And then they went into what Morris could do, like the, the attorney general couldn't do anything. There was no legal right cause for a criminal case, but perhaps Morris could go into a civil suit against um, Mishk. And her response to that was the systems need to change to support individuals in office so that they do not have to live in fear and terror these are incredibly violent times and I don't feel any need to martyr myself or my family. Yes. And she's right. Like, why should, why is it, why is the onus on her back to have to do it? Right. And it's, it shouldn't have to be. So that's the story of this incredible, amazing, um, representative from Vermont, Kia Morris. So I wanted to show you, um, her picture. Okay. So that you could see how incredible she is. And, um, one picture I wanted to show you is there was this wonderful story that was um, a video that was done and it shows her and she's in this uh, bright red scarf, but surrounding her, are all the tweets that she faced and wow. they're horrible. I mean, some of the language um, to me, again, I feel um, are, are violent, but um, you can read some of them and we'll post it so that, that people can understand like the amount
1: Oh, my God. Of
0: of constant online harassment this poor woman received. And for for what? For wanting to serve the public? For wanting to help in her community? For wanting to be selfless? Right? I mean, people who go into public office, like, they should be doing it because they want to help people in their community. They shouldn't be doing it for a selfish cause. And she clearly did. Like, she had this wealth of experience. And this state, this county, lost a really great representative to bullshit and it's it's so upsetting to me
1: well she can't she's it's not worth fighting for if they don't want her. it's obvious they didn't care enough of having her there if they weren't going to fight for her including her fellow representatives where the fuck are they yeah so great story
0: tina all right that was it so i don't know if yours is happy or 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 even worse but let's go let's let's roll in this muck (laughs) (laughs) They're as
1: fucked up. It's as fucked up as they always are. Uh, You know? I know. Hi, I'm Vanessa, host of Fabled, a podcast that explores cozy, creepy, lore, and mysteries. Did you know that the legendary mystery writer, Agatha Christie, disappeared in real life for 11 days? Or that there's a legend that Edgar Allan Poe's Annabelle Lee still wanders a cemetery in Charleston? Fabled explores these stories and so many more taking deep historical dives into legends and folklore. Find Fabled wherever you listen to podcasts. And say hello on social media, at Fable Collective. Okay, so today I'm going to talk about Putnam County tax assessor, Brian Looper. Now let me tell you something real quick, okay? This story is, again, uh, there's a mix of like paranoia... You know, this need for power. Oh, God. uh, You know, at all costs, just, you know, wanting to be elected. It's just so bizarre, the behavior. And again, I don't understand where these guys are coming from ever, ever, ever. (sighs) Okay. So let's talk about Byron. I'm sorry. Did I say Brian? I think I said Brian Looper. It's Byron Looper. Okay. Byron. Byron. Like Lord Byron. Yes is he a
0: byronic hero probably not no
1: no no No. okay Okay, so byron (laughs) byron looper was born september 15th 1964 in cookville tennessee he spent most of his childhood in georgia where his father was a school superintendent looper attended the u.s military academy at west point from 1983 to 1985 but was given an honorable discharge following what he said was a serious knee injury hmm yeah after being discharged, he moved to Georgia where he attended the University of Georgia and worked for the state legislature after graduation. He was later elected president of the Young Democrats of Georgia, but he was asked to resign halfway through his term, according to one member of the group who encouraged him to resign. I could not find why they were doing this. Hmm. But again, it's like we're halfway through something and I'm and going to leave. Gonna leave. Okay? Shortly after 19, shortly but he after, was asked to resign. Yes. He didn't choose to resign. No. Okay. Shortly after, as the president, because he still was involved in in the group. Um, Shortly after 1987, he lost his race, a race for the Georgia State House of Representatives as a Democrat. Following this loss, he took a job as a legislative aide for his uncle and fellow Democrat, Max Looper. Um, And the Georgia Democratic Party unofficially admitted that Max Looper was an active member of the Ku Klux Klan. (laughs) Dear God. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, one of those. We're talking about conservative Democrats today, people. God. I know. So he continued his political involvement as an officer in the Georgia Young Democrats and as a campaign worker in Al Gore's 1988 campaign for the Democratic presidential nomination and the 1992 Clinton-Gore presidential campaign. Okay. But in 1992, Looper returned to Tennessee and became a Republican. Oh,
0: there's no surprise there. (laughs) (laughs) And I just, so can I just mention, you mentioned Al Gore, um, you know he's a deadhead is he yes girl I had no idea oh yeah I did not know
1: that yeah
0: that was like a big thing like back when he ran back in the day
1: oh and
0: oh yeah and I met him once
1: you did yeah smoky weed
0: no oh it was more of like you know uh he showed up at uh um this event I, I know it was an event like a meet and greet cool and I met him, yeah
1: um okay he lost a race for the tennessee house of representatives in 1994 when he ran against an incumbent legislator so he's just running all the time this guy running for office running for office running for office um and in 1996 looper filed to run as putnam county tax assessor first he legally changed his middle name from anthony to low tax no like with parentheses like in parentheses parentheses low tax parentheses was his middle name wait legally legally changed his why name. because it was like a campaign goof like it was like a thing you know yeah, but you
0: could still just make your you could still make your your campaign posters no. like that you don't have to legally change your name no he legally
1: <laughs> we're dealing we're in wacky ter- territory here we're wacky
0: oh my god i love it and yeah. the parentheses are included in his official name yes oh my god
1: okay So he was so good. He was backed by the Tennessee Republican Party in a race for the technically nonpartisan post. During his campaign, he promised to clean up the, quote, good old boys club in Putnam County. Oh, they always.
0: Yeah. But meanwhile, they're a part of it.
1: Yeah. Right. He (laughs) promised to expose corruption amongst the sheriff, commissioners and district attorney who he said were all out to get him god oh, this sounds so
0: this yeah, this, it's,
1: this it's a running theme here. this
0: theme of like the witch hunt everyone's yes. out to get me yes poor me poor me poor me yes
1: he also promised to lower taxes although the tax assessor doesn't set the tax rate <laughs> oh god dear god what how do people know, who have no idea don't pay attention to this shit tina he's low tax oh my god oh my god it's right and especially if you're not involved low in politics tax. or don't pay attention you're like it is all well, the politicians are horrible they're all corrupt they're out to get us and of course he's like i'm gonna break up that club i'm gonna you know he's, he's in-
0: oh my god now i have that song you remember that low rider but with low taxer <laughs> na, 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 na. no that could his campaign song
1: (laughs) um okay but looper ended up beating the 14-year incumbent by 1100 votes Wow! so he was the first republican elected at any level in putnam county in over a century wow because remember these are this is conservative democrats so they're democrats but they're still you know over to the right a little bit yeah um And okay, so here comes his goofy shit when he's in office as the tax assessor Looper used county equipment to flood state media with a number of bizarre self-congratulatory press releases, though he (laughs) failed repeatedly to file property tax valuations with the state government on time. So he starts doing all as soon as he's in office, he needs to make sure that he's telling people all the time how everyone's out to get him you know and how
0: great he is because you said self-congratulatory so 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 there's just like a random article that's like
1: yes this is like
0: dictator land it sounds very similar to an orange person that i yeah that we all are aware of i
1: read a great article i think it was from 2000 i have it in the notes but it's it's from the nashville scene which is a local paper up there in nashville and uh they talk it, it was 20 years after this incident that happens and and that they were comparing him to like he was the trump before there was a trump Ugh. like he was this loud saying things about people that weren't true and like trying to you know being wild before that was a thing <laughs> a normal thing oh god so some of the crazy things that happened when he was a tax assessor he rarely showed up to work he often he sh- he would often disappear for days at a time and rumors soon began circulating that byron was attending law school rather than working he was listed as a lost as a student at the john marshall school of law in georgia
0: wait so he's in georgia going to law school
1: yeah and he's the and he's tax supposed assessor to be- in tennessee in tennessee he fired dozens mm. of people for no reason at all. And those people, um, the people he fired, uh, filed a suit against him, charging that they were dismissed because they supported Looper's Democratic predecessor, a claim that he denied. Um, Looper had three of his employees photocopy more than 5,000 pages of county commission records, claiming he was investigating the, quote, good old boy network that controls, and quote, Putnam County. Oh, he God. sued to make a number of. <laughs> Hold on, I'm going to laugh. <laughs> he sued to make a number of documents public only to learn later that they already were public. Documents. Oh my God. I'm <laughs> so stupid. Wait, but t- he's so stupid. Why not
0: just do a public records request? He's a, he's a, a, a elected a because he, Tina, cause he doesn't know had, anything. That's right. He's just stupid. He ran
1: for an office because there was a, it was an it was election an and he just like threw his hat in. He just he's like, running. Oh, I could do that. Yes. Sure. And has no idea what the job is or how to do the job. Oh my God. Some charges that were made uh, that looper were were that looper um, offered reduced tax assessments to local businesses in exchange for large political contributions, although a few, if any, actually responded to the offer. And later, an ex-girlfriend sued him for child support and fraud, charging he had used his official, official position to steal her house what yeah so the tax assessor does value what your yes. house is or whatever like that's what he yeah yeah. yeah yeah you're yeah. like the property Maybe he made it too high so that she couldn't pay the taxes on it what yeah yeah and he also cl- never claimed that child like he said that that kid wasn't his although oh that's God. a whole other that's a whole other story okay so in march 1998 following an investigation by the tennessee bureau of investigation looper was indicted on 14 counts of official m- misconduct threat theft of services and official oppression for theft, misuse of county property, and misuse of county employees. So here are some examples of why, why they're charging him. Looper had arbitrarily increased the tax assessment on the property of a person who w- would not contribute to the political campaign fund. <gasps> Looper had failed to enter assessments on certain parcels of property. Um, Looper had removed a parcel from the tax roll with the intent of preventing the property owner from serving as a county public <gasps> official or running for public office. Oh my god yeah, so like somebody was like this is my house I live here I'm going to run for office and he's like no, no wow yeah like devious diabolical diabolical looper had failed to deliver property tax rolls to the county trustee as required by law so he's not even like doing what he's supposed to be doing this is insane looper erroneously classified certain property as falling under the state's agricultural excuse me agricultural forest and open space land act in order to obtain a benefit under that law so something like he owned (laughs) right looper used county employee time county money and other county resources for his own personal and political purposes which is the sending the you know the press releases etc yeah of course he claimed the charges were politically motivated due to the democratic control of putnam county politics and the tennessee general assembly okay the tennessee republican party soon claimed no connection with looper (laughs) okay so that wasn't so those charges came down in march of 1999 so right before that in february of 1999 um he filed to run for two seats okay he filed to run for the tennessee state senate in district 15 and the sixth congressional district in tennessee for the u.s congress right because he was just yes apparently you can can i was shocked by this but he filed for both of these races like rolling the dice like one of them has to come through and and how do you even have
0: the time to to
1: vote well he's not doing any work (laughs) (laughs) he's not working as a tax assessor So... Yeah, isn't that crazy? Like, it's just so desperate to be elected or, like, go higher, 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 oh right? Oh, my God. Yeah. So in the August 1998 primary, he failed uh, to get the Congressional House nomination, finishing third in the field of four, but was unopposed for the state Senate nomination as a Republican. Unopposed? There was no other Republican running in the primary. Oh, dear God. So this set up a campaign against the incumbent, which was Democratic State Senator Tommy Burks, in the November 1998 general election. So Tommy Burks is the Democrat, and this ding dong byron looper oh, low ta- byron low tax looper yeah <laughs> he's the republican low tax yeah so let's talk a little about senator tommy burks tommy burks uh represented the Put- putnam county and the state legislator for 28 years including four two-year terms in the tennessee house of representatives and five four-year terms in the tennessee state senate so let me show you his picture
0: all right so he's got experience yes that's him. okay i love these old-timey like 70s photos i know
1: they're so good right yeah and he looks he looks handsome. Um okay a far he was a farmer and an old-style conservative southern democrat and he was very popular in his district so a little bit of some of the issues he focused on he opposed the teaching of evolution in school and science classes he twice he twice twice introduced legislation to restrict its teaching he introduced bills year after year with the goal of eliminating or greatly restricting access to abortions in tennessee one bill that Burks sponsored was a 1991 bill that would have criminalized abortion except when performed to save the life of his mother these have now become Republican issues. Of course. They were democratic issues at the time in, in the South. <sighs> this one I kind this one I kinda of thought was good. Burks also pushed for a law that would have required first-time DUI offenders to pick up trash on the side of the road wearing orange vests emblazoned with the words, I am a drunk driver.
0: <laughs> oh, so they're going to the that that's there was a time in um I want to say like late nineties, early two thousands with these public shaming yeah. judges. I where, like it. I think where, I like um, it. Um, um you know like if someone stole shoplifted they yes. have to stand with like a sandwich board like i stole yes. from this store things like that there's but, a
1: great um episode of uh Your enthusiasm like that yes where he's like seals like uh forks or something yes like that. yes yes, okay. yes yes. so tommy burks was also known as a very hard worker when the legislature was in session burks would wake up feed his hogs, milk his cows, and complete other work on the farm before making the nearly 100-mile drive from Monterey to the state capital. There, he would spend the day at committee meetings and attending to other legislative business before making the same drive back home at night. Burke's daughter, Kelly Taze, recalls one particularly nasty snowstorm. Her father's legislative colleagues were taking bets on whether he would make it to Nashville that morning, and he did. He usually skated to every re-election, and the 1998 campaign expected to be no different. So he's a really well liked, really yes. hardworking legislator, and owns his farm. Like he's like a, you yeah. know, all American guy, right? Yes. Okay, so here we go. On the morning of October 19th, 1998, authorities were called to investigate a likely murder at the Burks farm. Tommy Burks' body was found <gasps> with his head resting on the steering wheel of his pickup <gasps> truck. What? Yeah. He had been speaking moments earlier with a farmhand, Wesley Rex, about work that needed to be done on the farm. Both men had seen a black car driven by a man in sunglasses and black gloves driving by the farm on multiple occasions that morning. The car later sped by Rex's truck, allowing Rex to get a view of the driver. Mm. So the farmhand saw this person driving the car. The Cumberland County authorities immediately began a standard homicide investigation, but could find no one with any plausible reason to murder Burtz. This is i was not expecting twist. this at all <laughs> it's a twist then uh rex called burks's widow charlotte after seeing a picture of byron looper on television because they were the news started running this thing saying this is this you know this congressman or this state uh state senator has been murdered yeah he was on the election in a month and here's who his opponent was and put a picture up of byron looper and rex the farmhand saw it and was like holy fuck that's the guy <gasps> i saw in the car and called his widow and was like, um, and by the way, he also had given a sketch. They did a sketch with a sketch artist. Yes. And it was, it was, and it partly, matches. I, yeah. I love when those, yes. sometimes they don't match up. Yes. But then but, he saw the TV show and he was like, or the, the news and he yes. was like, oh my God, that's the guy.
0: Oh my goodness. Yeah.
1: So the He warning- must
0: have imagine imagine that, that you are sitting there and. <laughs> The person you saw not only is, is a person running for office, that yes. he's a
1: public
0: yes. official.
1: Yes. That must have been th- th- mind-blowing. Yeah. So the police were trying to locate Looper for five days before he arrived home in the middle of the day on October 24th, where they arrested him. So let me show you his his mugshot. This is how... I I can't... I know. Uh he looks
0: like a, he, he'd be like an orthodontist or something. Yeah,
1: he looks like a, yeah, yeah. no, no, there's nothing, <laughs> there's nothing out of, it's like just yeah. normal, yeah. right? So Looper was arraigned at a hearing that featured his friend Joe Bond as a surprise witness for the state. Joe Bond is a former Marine. He lives in Arkansas. Looper had visited Joe Bond months before the murder and told his friend the only way he was going to win this election is if he murdered his opponent. And Bond thought he was joking. Now, here's the thing. This guy would say crazy things all the time. Like, I'm not, yeah. I, had, I didn't really get into it, but like, he would say things about like wild when he was running for office. He'd make up stories about people he was running against. He was this, and so some of them taught, thought it was funny, but when he was saying stuff like this, it doesn't sound like something somebody would actually do. Right. Cause if right? He, he's
0: always saying something like, kooky. oh, The only way
1: I'm going to win is if somebody kills this guy. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. It it, he didn't take it seriously. Although, this guy's got a little he's got some crazy eyes maybe yeah. maybe you should have so after the murder looper drove back to Car- arkansas to bond's house and admitted what he had done this and guy then when bond he left, must have been
0: like what why are you telling me this yeah and
1: then and he thought he was making it up until he saw the news <gasps> and then when bond when when that guy looper left to go back to tennessee he called the police joe bond called the police and was like what the fuck like this guy just said that he did this and he's at my house and he's heading back to tennessee like you know so during the what pre- is he thinking? That let me just go.
0: He's got to take it, like get it off his chest, and I, I need no to go idea. tell somebody.
1: Isn't that crazy? It's weird.
0: Like what? I mean, again, he thinks he's going to get away with it. I guess. Yeah, but why keep your mouth shut? Mm. During the, I know. <laughs> <laughs> like the, the first thing he does is drive down to tell his butt. It's weird. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy that he killed the guy, but to me, yeah.
1: That the, then you're going to go tell someone you don't tell anybody. Yeah. And I wonder if anybody would have suspected him if he hadn't told a guy in Arkansas and if the farmhand hadn't seen him, would anybody have known? No. Right. During the pretrial phase, Looper attempted to have his former friend, Joe Bond, disgraced and shuffled through at least six lawyers, one of whom filed a sealed court document explaining why, for ethical reasons, he could no longer be Looper's attorney. He went through so many attorneys.
0: God, they probably were just like, I, I can't represent yeah. you. You're He's wild. You're, you're
1: Yeah. You're crazy. Yeah. Looper's jury trial for murder finally occurred in 2000 after several days because he changed attorney uh, delays because he changed attorneys and his attorneys filed motions requesting changes in the judge and the trial location.
0: Oh, my God. So there's just like, yes, how can spending we time. Pr- Yeah, prolong this and prolong this yes. and prolong this? Yeah.
1: The trial was not moved, but jurors were brought in from Sullivan County to reduce the chance that the jury would have been influenced by pre trial. P- pre-trial publicity by the time of the trial a work crew had found the weapon apparently used in the murder like he threw it out the window they found it on the side of the road um wes wesley rex and joe bond were both prominent witnesses for the prosecution as were two political consultants who reported having been contacted at various times by looper who had told both of them that he wanted to run a political race and felt the surest way to win would be to murder the opponent well what? <laughs> stupid idiot. What? I don't and, know. I mean he's, so he's destroyed an entire family. <laughs> I know. It's terrible. And it's he's awful. running his mouth about it. But it's and, not and even no, about the person. It could have been anybody he's running against. Yeah, but wow. Yeah. And I mean, and, I, and, I wonder if he would have tried to kill the people who's the guy who's running against for tax assessment. Yes. Like who
0: knows? And and the people who are hearing this, like you said, here's this guy who's he's always running off at the mouth, he's a little kooky, he's saying crazy things. And we're just going to
1: dismiss it. Meanwhile. Yeah. Meanwhile, like this is his agenda. Yes. Uh, The prosecuting attorney, Tony Craighead, told the jury that Looper had intended to win this election with a Smith & Wesson. What? (laughs) Yeah. For his defense... Is that
0: the Lo- weapon? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> For
1: his defense, Looper tried to rely on testimony from his mother and her neighbors who said he was visiting the mother's home in in Georgia on the morning that Burks died. But witnesses he produced to support his alibi were excluded from testifying because they had not been identified to the court before the trial as required. This went back and forth, too. They, yeah. His attorney went back and forth with, you know, should these witnesses be there? That was right. that was another part I of mean, the I mean, today...
0: It would probably be like cell cell phone tower pings. They could sell. Yes. like he wasn't anywhere near that state. Yeah. You know all this technology. Yeah, that's really cool. When when you think back to, I know a nine like early two thousand back,
1: just doing good police work. Yeah, yeah. Despite overwhelming forensic and eyewitness evidence pre- presented at trial, Looper's mother maintained her son's innocence.
0: Well, I mean, what That's is she going to do? I
1: know. Um, in August 2000, Looper was convicted of first-degree murder and sentenced to life in prison without chance of Good. parole. The victim's family had requested that prosecutors not seek the death penalty. <sighs> Following his conviction and sentencing, he was transferred to Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary. Penitentiary. Oh, I'm not going to say that right. Penitentiary? Oh, penitentiary. <gasps> I can't say that word. <laughs> uh, in Tennessee and then he went from there i was closed in 2009 and he was moved to morgan county correctional complex i'm telling you this for a reason so hang on hang oh, into that no. he also filed several unsuccessful motions to overturn his conviction okay on june 26 2013 the 48 year old brian looper was found unresponsive in his cell he was pronounced dead at eleven ten a.m roughly 15 years after tommy Burks' death an autopsy connected conducted the next day listed looper's cause of death as hypertensive um the kind (laughs) of cardiomyopathy a heart event basically with high levels of antidepressants as a contributing cause oh where'd he get those i don't know um an incident report released days later said he had hit a pregnant prison counselor in the head (gasps) just before 9 a.m that day was restrained by guards quote, with the least amount of force necessary, unquote, and returned to his cell where he was found dead two hours later.
0: Hmm. Okay, so
1: something's... Looper's family was, was skeptical of the government's explanation and sought a second autopsy. The second autopsy was done in Georgia, where the family lives. Um, the second autopsy found some differences, like the hyoid... Hi- bone yes okay somewhere here in your neck was actually strangulation yes was actually missing Mm. where the first report said it said it was intact the bone was which is located in the neck can show signs of damage and causes of strangulation the first autopsy report said that looper's heart was abnormally large lending to the argument that it was a heart incident but the second autopsy found his heart was normal one potential witness was another inmate who wrote a letter to his girlfriend on the day of Looper's death, begging her for help getting out of the Morgan County Correctional Complex. According to the letter, the inmate said he, he was two cells down from, quote, some chubby white guy, unquote, when he saw guards, quote, beat the man to death, unquote, while he was on the ground in handcuffs. Both medical examiners noted injuries consistent with handcuffs. Mm. Not a good end. And I know his family, like, I even saw a quote from his daughter, from Burks' daughter, who was like, you know, the reason we wanted him to be in prison for the rest of his life is so that he would suffer. Like, he shouldn't, this is, it. he went out in a way that maybe wasn't that great, but he also was supposed to spend the rest of his life in jail. Yeah.
0: You know? Yes. And... I mean, he he hit a pregnant woman, so I can yeah. see probably like an immediate reaction. And if the guards are already, if this place is already a place where the guards are pretty violent towards yeah. the inmates, that's probably something that would just right. set them off. Yeah. Especially if, and this is just a worker. Come, I, can, I can see, it's not an excusable reason to beat someone to death, but I can see an immediate reaction. Of course. And- just think about like the the way that Burke speaks. Who knows what he's screaming and saying and Oh yeah. I, I or why he hit her in the first yeah. place like, what happened. So probably just escalated and they covered it up. That's what obviously. it sounds like. Yeah. But I mean no one deserves to be murdered. No. Um but I'm yeah. not sorry.
1: I know. <laughs> so um I feel okay. bad saying that. Some not... some final notes. Because Tommy Burks was murdered thirty days before the election, so this is this is also saying they—they they were saying Looper did this the day he murdered him was it was on. It was on purpose because of this because his he was murdered 30 days before the election per election rules his name was to be removed from the ballot and only byron looper's name would be on wow. the
0: ballot so yeah. i mean this is so if deeply you die before, premeditated the,
1: yes wow so this infuriated democrats that that byron looper even though he was now arrested and in jail as a to because he murdered allegedly at the time had you know at the time when he was arrested murdered this his his opponent that this guy's name was still going to be on the ballot like it was outrageous but it was the part of the laws of tennessee it's like it didn't say anything about you know it only said how do you, you can you have to remove the person's name who's who died not the, yeah. not if the person is involved who was running against him oh like, my who goodness the hell would so, know? who ended up who ended okay, up? okay so let's talk about that yeah. so the fury added the infuriated democrats and republicans in tennessee um they they knew they needed the dems needed to find a a candidate a write-in candidate right because you can't get a name on a ballot right so the candidate they found was charlotte burks tommy's widow here we go remember we've talked about this before the success widow's succession yes and so not only did the democrats support her but the republican party also did as well and so she won with 90 percent of the vote as a write-in candidate let me show you her picture this is Charlotte Burks. Oh, um, she was the first write-in candidate ever elected in Tennessee.
0: Wow! Yeah, and did she just do sort of that that one kind of term no. or a junior? So she, no. she moved so on. she, yeah,
1: she was elected two more times, and then she announced her retirement in 2013. Because around this time is when. Um, Republicans were becoming more and more uh, in that area and less the Democrats. Right. So she really wasn't the kind of, con- there was no such thing as a conservative Democrat now. Now it's just like, you're a Republican. You know what I mean? Yeah. But she worked on the same things that her husband worked on. It was like education, uh, domestic violence, things like that. Wow. So was, yeah. So I, I thought this was funny too some copycats of the tax, low tax thing. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> other political candidates and public personalities have emulated Looper's adopted name. Um, or have independently similar adopted similar names. Among these is an, an, an internet personality, Richard quote Low Tax Kianka, who adopted his nickname as a reference to Byron Looper. Um, he had interned for for Looper in 1997. So this Help must happened before. Yeah. Well, hopefully. Hopefully. Um, in 1998, a candidate with the name Craig quote uh, Tax Freeze ran for, <laughs> for the California Board of Equalization. He finished fourth. Mm um and then in los angeles county a candidate, candidate by the name of john quote lower taxes low has run in every election for county assessor between 2000 and 2018 he's never won <laughs> so, wow i so that's love the it. story of byron looper that is an incredible
0: incredible incredible story
1: yeah but i have to tell you wow. like even i was saying this yesterday on my instagram but like the more i do sto- some this is sometimes how i find stories Tennessee political scandal and like yeah. it'll pull something up like do a random state whatever or yeah. county out it doesn't matter and something like this will come up and I'm just shocked by the fact that I never heard the story I can't believe this is something that actually happens yes you know
0: and uh that people like this are elected I know it's wild it's wild I have I have you know my my list on my phone and um I I have the names and then, you know, like just a a little blurb of like what they've done so that I can remember when I go back through and see, do I want to pick from this list or research something else or whatever? And I I scroll through it and I'm like, what in the world is going on in American politics? It's
1: crazy. Yes. But, but it is these people who like, I'm thinking about this guy and just, why was it so important to him to be elected? so important that you would you'd kill another person yes.
0: i mean there's something off psychologically yeah there. A, a desperate a desperate desperate need a desperate want some kind of feeling of 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 i have to do this or or i can't exist that that yes. that, that it's necessary to his own existence like an obsession yeah it's incredible oh my that, god that was a great story.
1: Thank you. So was yours. Oh.
0: <laughs> so um, are you watching anything? I finished. Um, actually, I just started watching this show called um, Kidding. It's with oh. Jim Carrey.
1: Oh, I know what you're talking about. I've never seen it.
0: It's on right now. Amazon Prime. Okay. It's it's so interesting. It's like funny and incredibly, incredibly sad at the same time. Oh. And he's such a good actor. But um, he's like this Mr. Rogers guy. Oh, okay. And and he's just like genuinely nice. Yeah. And his whole life is crumbling. Oh, my God. And his family's involved in the production of his show. And he's like slowly falling apart. But it's very good. Yeah. It's just very good, very sad and, and funny and a lot of good acting. Awesome. you should check it out well,
1: i've been watching season 10 of Your enthusiasm which has been on for a few oh. quite i think a couple but a couple months now
0: yeah i saw it i when it. oh my god when it first it's aired. so good
1: i <laughs> i'm obsessed with larry david
0: oh my god I'm like obsessed did you see the episode with the the motorcycle driver yes the
1: maga hat <laughs> so good uh, and everybody was like giving him looks i'm like okay well oh at least God. that's normal because that's yeah. how i feel when i see a mega hat but right well oh and oh but the, he's in la so like yes, it's perfect it's, yeah. it's just, like it's the, so good
0: that's oh maybe that's how we can all social distance <laughs> <Yeah>. and but, <laughs> <laughs> this is how we can practice larry david was on to something with the social distancing
1: we <laughs> just put I a i pay for that hat no I'll way just, like, get a red hat and write uh, it i want to give you some money for that piece of shit uh, I've also been receiving, um, I don't know if every, I'm sure everybody who listens, because most people know about this website called nextdoor.com. And so like, it's free. It's like a social network for your neighborhood. You have to put your address in and it's supposed to be exclusive to like what your neighborhood is. Yes. I I, I,
0: I am on my next door for my neighborhood too.
1: I'm because I'm involved in my neighborhood and I was, I I learned about next door years ago and signed up my neighborhood. And so I'm involved with my neighborhood civic association and i thought it would be a great idea for us to get on this and i signed it up and now it's like the worst one of the worst yes. things i've ever done because the years i mean at first are you it was an administrator fantastic- on i it? am
0: oh because you started it see yes. i my neighborhood had one and i just joined it but mine is just full of elderly oh. people saying just incredibly horrible
1: things i don't even mine are not elderly it's everyone everyone are everyone is nasty as shit yeah and i get about 10 to 15 notifications in my email a day of people re- reporting uh what someone else has written so oh it's my basically god so you monitoring have to monitor adults it. who can't control themselves and i have to tell you the first two years of having next door for our neighborhood was fantastic it really did bring our neighborhood together and it was like hey we're going to have this yard sale or hey we're going to have this meeting and it was really fantastic yeah. and now it has turned into the most horrible political dive you've ever seen in your life yeah. just outright shitty people and their names their names yes. are on there like yes. where they live is listed it's yeah. un and it's like they have no they don't filter care. and there's people who actually want information like They're, my dog's been lost was was lost yes. a couple of times and I was like I don't know where my dog is, and some all of a sudden, someone across the the park is like, "Oh, here's a picture. Oh, that's my dog." Yes, yes. it is useful in so there many great so, ways. There are, yeah, I'll
0: see like does anyone know of a handyman or i need someone to help with yard work or yeah. my daughter needs a tutor like things like that now
1: it's like oh there's a raccoon walking around in the middle of the day well what the fuck i don't care about that yeah. or they talk about um uh, somebody put a picture up today that i had to click remove that was like i'm going out for toilet paper wish me luck and the picture was from the internet you know it i mean it wasn't actually that was from the internet but it was a guy on a bike who just had shit running down his his butt and onto the bike oh. No one wants now, to see what that. what is that? What yeah. are you doing? This isn't your... The, we aren't your friends. Yes. I don't yes. know you. And now I know that you're an asshole. Yeah. What are you doing? What is... It? And by the way, it's um, Sunday. Like, I'm home with my family. I want to relax. I'm, I'm drinking a cup of coffee. And it's like, ding, you've got to go monitor a bunch of adults. <laughs> like, I have I kids. can't believe
0: that you are monitoring that. Because well, I was... I often wonder, like, who out. is monitoring my neighborhood because sometimes i see things on there that i'm repulsed by
1: and then but, they put messages up and they're and they're the word like get over it you fucking liberal yes, snowflake yes, you're a piece of shit fuck yes. you trump's the best or whatever and trust me the liberals are writing shitty things yes, too. yes trump's yes. the worst blah, blah blah it's back and forth bullshit they shouldn't and i be remove doing everything any, They
0: shouldn't be doing anything. yeah i it. remove
1: every comment that has anything to do with that i don't care what it, who you are or what party i'm like get out of here right so i remove everything <laughs> it's like the next post is, can you believe the admins removed all this? And I'm like, are you kidding? You just told someone to go fuck their mother. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't I remove this?
0: Oh, my God. That, that seems like an additional. Can you pass uh, the baton to someone? I Listen, can I you? love
1: the ladies I work with uh, in our civic association. I would never want them to do this. Like, I'd uh, rather just do it so, myself. So
0: it's through the civic association that it was started. Because I think yeah. that mine was through our homeowners yeah. association yes
1: it's for our civic association yeah but now it's a bunch of you know yeah it's turned into i like, sometimes nonsense. go
0: on and i'll laugh and i'll just read i'm like i'll say to my husband hey can you believe this one and i'll, I'll read something my favorite
1: part about next door is like during the holidays like it, since it's turned into this like racist dive during the holidays they still still really like here's your holiday cheer map where you can go look at all the lights and i'm like people are threatening to kill each other on here <laughs> OK, they're talking about burning the homeless in the park. Oh, my God. And d- go get a gun because it's it's a it's a what are they Oh, stand your ground state? You can shoot people. And I'm like, wow. oh, yeah. But so hey, ours isn't go bad. Go check out the ours, Christmas okay. lights.
0: Mine hasn't gotten that bad yet. Oh, honey, but bad. I'm not on there. So but I don't know. You're seeing everything. I don't you know, I'll every once in a while, an email will come in and it, it if it makes me laugh, I'm like, well, what are these people doing? I'll look at they're it. They're
1: crazy. But, but you
0: see it all.
1: My favorite. So the the homeless was a big issue here the last few years and it's because we have a, a, the parks they all go to the yeah. like, they hang out in the park which is perfectly legal yes and then this woman got on there and she was like i feed all of the stray cats and i was hoping somebody could might help me like donate food and these people went fucking ape shit. and i'm like this poor lady she has no idea they don't care about homeless humans let alone you think cats. they're going to care about your homeless cats oh and give you god. food they want to kill homeless people oh my god that's Girl. terrible Listen, the world is insane. We're living in a crazy world. And I now know. everybody's locked in their houses and they're sitting on next door, sending shit pictures to their neighbors. <laughs> That's America. I'm not going, I'm
0: not going on next door. Don't do it. Yeah, I have to say my neighborhood, um, I've been, you know, going for the, these nightly walks with my husband and the dog. Nice. And, um, and my kids are kind of big enough to hang out for the, the little 30 minute walk that we do but seeing uh, neighbors, I ran into are some friends, um, a couple sets of friends. One was our dear friend Vicky, Aww. and we st- we maintained our distance. And um, but it was nice to see them out. And then I ran into some colleagues, and they had uh, the yard set up with these uh, soccer cones that were measured out six feet. So it was like a, a lawn chair and then six feet away, another lawn chair and it was uh, a square and they had it set up and they were meeting for cocktails and they each sat in their chair. Oh, that's Everyone funny. was six feet away yeah, and they were just hanging out. So it was nice to see people still trying to connect, but respecting like the rules and yeah. Um, yeah. So that was kind of fun to see. Well, that sounds walk. like a nice neighborhood. Yeah. And seeing people on their bikes and a lot of people, you know, little kids and their parents yeah they
1: put um i wanted to take the kids to the park across the street but they put up a uh, tape around it caution tape and i was like what the hell like oh. i know i mean can the kids not go to a playground well they're
0: saying no to the playgrounds because i guess like the equipment like touching the equipment oh, okay right right right. i think that's why
1: well i gotta do something with them yeah I know it's a nightmare, but we'll get through it. We'll
0: get through it. Listen, my kids are, are at the end. I'm going to have a Minecraft empire. With yeah. All the and building they're doing the worst there. part.
1: I start to feel like I like social media because we can keep into contact. And then also we get information that's like real information, not shitty information. But also I love these posts that are like, here's all these great things you can do with your kids. Please when you're home with them. teach them how to sew a button on a shirt. And I'm like, sew a button, <laughs> I don't know how to sew a button. Number one, number two, that's really stressful and we're in the middle of a fucking global yes, pandemic so yes. i'm not teaching my kids how to sew a button Fuck i off.
0: took i took a, a long bath this morning because i was like i need to get away that from sounds nice my fam i just needed like a space by myself for an hour i put on a podcast and i just laid there for an hour just to be quiet because i love my family but we it's we have been on top of each other every day all day yeah and all night and no there's no so. reason to
1: make that face that's perfectly normal yeah if I you at this it. point <laughs> during this pandemic don't want to kill everyone in your house you're doing oh, something wrong i know please <laughs> all right so we will see you next week this yeah was awesome. hope you are all safe and well and, and staying healthy yes all right see you next week bye bye
0: if you want to see any photos or take a deeper dive into our stories, please follow the episode notes on our website, themuckpodcast.fireside.fm, and be sure to follow us on Instagram
1: and Facebook at The Muck Podcast. To support The Muck Podcast, please visit our Patreon page. We have three levels of support and different goodies for each level. Muckraker, Policy Wonk, or Bleeding Heart. We can't do it without you. Music for The Muck Podcast, written and performed by Sean Dougherty.